Hi, and welcome to an episode of The Unbundled Audiologist. I'm super excited to have my friend, Dr. Rebecca Groom here. And she used to be my Unitron rep when I first moved to Indiana. So very excited to see her branch out on her own. And I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. It's super exciting. But she is, her practice is Ears for You Hearing Services out of Nashville, Tennessee, which is also one of my favorite places to go. <laughs> um, so I can't wait to come visit you. So how are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm good. I've had coffee, so I'm ready to go. There you go. <laughs> near enough, near enough. <laughs> there's, ne there's never enough. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your practice. Yeah, so I bought a established practice three years ago this July. Um, so it was a audiologist who had been in business for about 35 years who retired. Um, and so I thought it was taking over a very well-oiled machine and that was not the case. So it's been a very interesting, turbulent three years trying to figure everything out. And I'm sure as most private practice um, owners out there, you know, we just didn't go to school to run a business. We went to school to provide services. So there's, there's always that as well. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's just me and I have a front desk. Um, I've gone through periods of time where I didn't have a front desk. So um, this one I've had for a year. So I'm very thankful I haven't scared it away quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, coming from the manufacturing side, the assumption is that you'd have a little bit more business knowledge just because you were in everybody's office. Is that a true assumption? And if it is true, can you give me thoughts on how that impacted you? I would say yes and no. In my experience, I did have a lot of marketing knowledge and I did work closely with some of the business development organizations or um, services within um, the manufacturer I was with. But at the same time, I think every business runs differently. And I think that we're all kind of in survival mode and trying to figure out how to keep up with the times and deal with the current you know, scenario of the um, market. So I, I still feel like I was very underprepared to be a business owner. But on the other side of that, I did see what I didn't want to be and I did see what I didn't want to do. So I had some really good examples to kind of base my office off of. And then I had some unfortunately just some bad examples of what I was like, I'm just never going to do that. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. I think all previous hearing aid reps, cause I'm also an, a previous hearing aid rep. Um, we should all get together, right? We could write a book on what not to do. <laughs> maybe, yes, maybe. We could also write the book on how to be successful because we've seen it all. Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing though, is there are so many times that I'm like, oh, I'm just never going to do anything like that. And then I do it. <laughs> it's like, what? what was I thinking? That's but funny. I think, you know, when you're stressed out about your bottom line and you're still trying to figure things out and, you know, there's all this disruption, then you just kind of grasp for straws when you get desperate, but hey, just learn from it, move on. Yeah. I love it. So give us a snapshot about the practice when you first took, took over from a, um, from a bundled, bundled standpoint. Yeah. So the office was a, um, there was no set pricing, um, but it was fully bundled. So um, when someone came in to purchase hearing aids, that 
consultation was free. There was very little to no insurance billing. Um, there was incorrect insurance billing specifically for Medicare. Um, and so when patients paid whatever price they paid, it was free everything for life. So um, right before the owner started to look at retiring, he started to realize that um, you had to start cutting things off at some point. So I had asked him to send out a letter about um, free batteries for life. You know, there are people that they would ship batteries to, to uh, who lived two hours away, who hadn't been in the office for years and they were still getting their free batteries and they were not paying for shipping. So um, I lost a lot of patients the minute I bought that practice. Cause I was like, mm, no, this isn't, that's not how this is going to go down anymore. Mm -hmm. That's not good business. It's not, you know, I have no relationship with you. I don't even know if you're using the batteries. I don't know if you're selling them online, but either way, um, this is, this is, this has to stop. Um, so it was definitely a very interesting transition. And I did stay with that model for quite a while. I would say two years. I kind of rolled with it and tried to figure it out and continuously lost money and continuously, <laughs> like, you know, just couldn't figure it out. So um, I started charging more and I started... Um, in 2019, about 60% of my business was managed care. And that was kind of the eye opener for me is I was like, okay, if these patients are charging or getting charged X amount of dollars after their service plan is up, it became like a tracking nightmare. And so that was really what the tipping point was for me is I was using cycle at the time. And I just, for some reason, cycle and I, we had different brains. Um, and so I couldn't track who was supposed to be paying and who wasn't supposed to be paying. And so I just got in the habit of not charging anyone. <laughs> and so that was not a good decision. Um, yeah, so it was about two years that we followed that fully bundled everything for free. Oh, here's some batteries. I, I know you need them. Here's a few domes. I know you need them. Oh, you know, it really only took five minutes to clean your hearing aids today. So it, it's all good. That was, that was me. <laughs> and I think you're the, you're the norm. You just get in the habit of, and, and it, it, like I said, it's just, it was survival mode for me and me being in survival mode essentially almost put my business under. So what was the tipping? <laughs> yeah. Walk us through that. Um, well, so I have a business advisor who has helped me kind of figure out how to track things. Um, once again, me and Cycle, I just could not figure out the reports I was getting. So I switched to council ear. I started tracking things. Um, I left some of the third parties I was with because that was a nightmare. I was working really hard for no money. And I was like, I have two small kids. I really shouldn't be this crazy all the time. And um, I, every February, freak out because I don't have no business in February. And so February of 2020, actually, um, I ran out of money. And so I was just like, what, what am I doing? And then COVID hit a month later. And thankfully, I didn't need any money because <laughs> my office was essentially not open um, for about eight weeks. And so 
when I was at home with my children and my husband during COVID trying to figure out life, I was like, you know what, there has to be an easier way to do this. There has to be a better way to do this. So I did the boot camp and um, I worked a lot on educating myself on becoming a tintus provider. And then that raised a lot more questions as well. So ultimately COVID, I would say was the tipping point because I ran out of money and I had time on my hands and I was like, I can't continue to do business this way. And I had multiple people telling me, you can't do business this way. You are not going to make money. You are not going to stay in business. So I needed, I needed to run out of money to, to figure that out. <laughs> it's such the opposite of what we hear in some of the Facebook forums mm -hmm. is that itemized and unbundled causes you to lose all these patients. And so you're going to just completely wither and die away and bundled is the way to go. Uh, and then just for clarification, you did say the boot camp. So I'm assuming that's Kim Cavett. Yep. I've done that twice now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Absolutely. Yep. So what a critical time and what a critical moment to be able to actually take some time off and reflect and sit back and realize yeah. I can do this differently and come back. So mm -hmm. you took the boot camp. What else, what, what else did you do to prepare? Um, well, <clears throat> there was a few other things that kind of happened around then. Um, so being in Nashville, I do a significant amount of musician business. And so I was finding when I bought the business, I was just doing impressions and attempting to like sell in ear monitors and sell custom hearing protection. And that never really sat well with me. Um, and I also didn't really know how to price my time because what would happen is a musician would come in for impressions and, you know, they fill out their intake form like a bunch of jerks. You know, they don't want to say anything about anything. And why do I have to fill out this paperwork? And they sit in that chair and all of a sudden it's just like diarrhea of the mouth um, of all the issues they're having and their concerns. And they had acoustic trauma. So that was another thing that I was like, I have these people coming in who need help. And I have no clue how to charge them for my expertise. So because during COVID, all of the musician business also stopped, um, I reached out to a few other audiologists who work with musicians. And it was kind of thinking about, like, how do we set this up? And how do we organize this? And how do we price this out? And how do I educate myself to be a better resource for these individuals? Because it is a very very unique patient <laughs> with musicians. And so um, that kind of was a step of, I need to have an unbundled or a consult fee, or I need to have CPT codes attached, and I need to be able to explain why I'm charging them, because a lot of them are living paycheck to paycheck, and it is a very significant investment for them and a very scary step for them to get their hearing tested and to talk about tinnitus and to talk about hearing protection. So there was that. Um, I bought the Lantos scanner and then they went out of business. And so it was one of those, I had this piece of equipment I just spent money on and I didn't know how to charge for that either. And um, with the tinnitus services, I was like, I don't know how to charge for this. And then I went through the boot camp, And so it was, just so many things lining up that I was like, I, I have to unbundle. I have to go through every possible appointment scenario and figure out what codes are attached. What am I doing? 
What am I allowed to do in the state? What am I not allowed to do in the state? What don't I care if I'm allowed or not allowed to do? <laughs> um, so, you know, it, uh, I had to look at all my insurance contracts. Um, so it, it was all of these things that just landed in my lap. And I was like, this needs addressed now. Wow. Wow. So it was That's a meltdown. <laughs> was a yeah. lot of alcohol attached to that one. <laughs> a lot of wine at the Grome house. <laughs> So I'm assuming you're you have no staff at this point because it's just you because it's February. Yes. Well, yes. I had another audiologist um, um, that decided to um, be terminated because of COVID. She was having some other health issues, and so it was just the best decision for me to go without employees. And I had been through a handful of um, hiring front desk, and you know they work for 24 hours and leave. So it was just me, and so I was able to just completely recalibrate and mm. say that tomorrow it's going to be this way. Um, and I would try something, and then I would chicken out, and then I would try something else again, and then I would chicken out, or I'd get lazy. You know, we all know how that goes. So yeah, um, and of course my dog's going to start <laughs> in the background. God bless him. Um, so talk to me, because I'm going to mute my mic, talk to me about the, the challenges that you've encountered with unbundling and then maybe some of the pros as well. Yeah. The challenges are habit. Um, all day, every day. It's me. It's not the patient. It's habit. And also the um, kind of mindset that I'm not worth it. I'm not worth charging you. and you're used to not being charged for these things and therefore it's going to be a big issue. So 99.9% of the time when I have a slip and I still yesterday had a slip, um, it was because it's habit. You're just so used to being free um, that you just find an excuse not to have that confrontation of charging someone. So that's the challenge. The other challenge is it does take some time to go through your database and to go through your CRM and get those codes in there and to price it out and to think what your appointments look like and to kind of have a process of how that's going to work. The best advice I got on that was when you interviewed Liz Rogers and in Council Ear, she attaches her codes under the appointment and then does a super bill, and then that super bill is attached to her invoice. And that way, even if someone's under a service plan and they are not being uh, charged for that appointment, it's the routine of we're going to do this, and this is how it has to do before the patient leaves the office. The CPT code is attached. The invoice is attached to the appointment. There's all of this tracking, and that has helped significantly. But once again, for the life of me, I cannot remember the code for binaural hearing aid check. I have to type in hearing aid check binaural for it to, you know, I just can't, my brain doesn't have space for it. So the challenges are habit and the challenges are just the time on the back end it is to, to set all of that up. But the, the benefits of it are my revenue stream is fantastic. And every day I make money. Now, sometimes it's just $50 sometimes <laughs> because maybe I'm seeing maintenance checks or follow-ups on patients who are under warranty or, you know, 
a managed care that I, whatever, let's not go down that road. Um, You know, so, but at least I feel like every day I have some sort of activity in my bank account and I'm getting paid for what I do. So that is, that's the plus. The other plus is that I have been able, I've, I've always kind of been selling either premium hearing aids or true entry level basic hearing aids. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like patients are more able to get into the appropriate technology for them. So um, patients who historically couldn't afford mid-level or premium can afford mid-level and premium because it's not that big upfront charge. And I also think people have been so much more willing to purchase um, the hearing aid that I recommend if they're seeing this is the hearing aid price. My fees are not changing. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter to me what hearing aid you get. Um, you're paying for what you want and for what I'm recommending. And you're paying for my time on top of that, no matter if you buy an $800 hearing aid or you buy a $2,500 hearing aid. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. I am here to do my job. I am here to fit you. These are my fees. This is what I'm getting paid. And so I think that transparency for patients is amazing. Just yesterday, I had a longtime patient come in the office who um, was going to buy hearing aids that were inappropriate for him. He needed a little bit of technology. He's a very active person, but he's 85. And he was like, nope, I'm 85. I could die tomorrow. You know, we've all heard that story. (laughs) And so I was like, yeah, you could live another 15 years too. um, And you have a girlfriend and you are out and about and you are involved in the music scene and you're doing all this stuff. You need something a little bit better. And so when we started talking about pricing and I said, it's not going to be the way it used to be. Here's how I do things. He looked me dead in the eye and he said, oh, so you're doing a medical model. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So he was like, yeah, he was just like, I'm fine with that. I come in once a year. I clean my own hearing aids. I don't need you to pay. I don't need to pay you to clean my hearing aids. I'll do it myself. And if I need you, I'll call you. And I'm like, yep. He ended up getting premium hearing aids. And I don't care. Once again, I don't care if it gets premium or mid-level, but he got amazing hearing aids that I know he's going to love. So um, for me, it was just very rewarding that dead comment like it's a medical model isn't it (laughs) yeah I love it I love it and I would agree with you like it's been so rewarding having so many more people in better technology um and yeah no it's just been fun I'm gonna leave it at that because we beat down the technology part (laughs) yeah and I I mean I think that's coming from the manufacturer side of me as well um and I don't want to get in specifics of Unitron, but with their flex program as a rep, you know, I did see better patient satisfaction with higher levels of technology. And that could just be weakness on, of programming on my part, but I feel like my premium level technology patients are more low maintenance um, in terms of needing reprogramming. Mm-hmm. Um, now, no one can, no one can clean their hearing aid. That's a whole different thing. It doesn't matter what level of technology you're in for that, but um, I, I do think that especially unbundled patients getting lower levels of technology might be spending more money because they're going to be the ones wanting 
something I may or may not be able to offer in their hearing aids. So for me, it's, yeah. you know, that's also a talk point is, you know, use that, use that money to get a better technology. Cause in the past, I see that you had a lot of issues with background noise. I see you had a lot of issues with feedback. I see you had a lot of issues with, you know, whatever it may be. And that is also a talk track then for, you know, you get what you, you get what you can and I will, you you'll pay me my professional fees no matter what. So it doesn't matter to me. Yes. The, the biggest uh, feedback that I get from patients that previously had entry levels due to cost and now could basically say pay similar pricing and get the premium. Yeah. Um, not so much that they heard better in noise, but they just said everything was a lot quieter, a lot yeah. more comfortable. That's the biggest thing that I'm hearing is that just like it just overall sound quality is better regardless of whether there was an actual improvement in speech yep. eligibility, that type of stuff. So, yeah, that's always hard because you're right. When you do some validation studies, sometimes when I, patients are wanting booth testing, cause that's what the previous owner did. Um, he didn't have real ear. So they're asking me to do that again. And that wasn't really something that um, I was overly comfortable with because it's, it's so many times you, <laughs> you get worse <laughs> testing in the booth with the hearing aids on. And I'm like, Oh lean crap. Forward, lean forward. <laughs> You're right. So there is, that's definitely a talking point as well. You know, you, your speech scores might not improve, but your overall comfort and your overall um, confidence when wearing these is, is going to maybe be a lot better. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Go back to when you were talking about the time that it took to kind of figure things out and put it in your system. What kind of time frame would you guess you spent overall? Um, so I'm a dreamer. I'm not a doer. So I would say... I don't know. I think it took me, I would say an hour, on average, an hour, three nights a week for about three months for me. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just because it was during COVID and I wasn't in the office doing it. So, you know, when you get in the office and um, you have a certain line item that you're billing for, sometimes it doesn't sit well and then you, you know, you have to make a note and then, then oh, it gets lost. And next thing you know, you're three months in and you're redoing things based on how it's working in the office. So I, I mean the, the total time I would say if you're going to sit down and do it, like if you have an admin day for one day, if you want to just take a Friday off and knock it out, that's the way to do it. Um, I just didn't have that luxury at the time. So sure. And then really what I'm hearing you say is that you're constantly tweaking it anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't. No. And um, I think that some people are a little bit more demanding than other people. And a conformity evaluation for one person might look a little different for than another person. Same thing. You do a functional needs assessment. Um, the goal would be to follow X, Y, Z um, every single time. But for some patients, it's not, um, it's not appropriate to do absolutely everything. So sometimes I tweak things depending on if it's an established patient and I know their history and I know their wants and needs versus a new patient who, um, you know, comes in the office and they're crying because they're a cochlear implant candidate and they're scared, you know, that you, those are two different things. And, you're essentially, it's the same appointment, but um, they probably need to be billed out a little differently. So. so you mentioned that one legacy patient that you saw yesterday, but 
generally speaking, that's that's one of the questions I get from everybody is just how do your previous patients react when you switch to this model? I mean, you had a wonderful, wonderful. I haven't had any complaint. Um, okay. I, I just sent out a, a marketing mailer to anyone in four plus year old hearing aids and we um, called them on the phone to follow up. And I think I've had seven, seven sales from that. And all of them are used to bundled. And all of them are just like, oh, yeah, this is fine. Um, I had one who um, we've been discussing updated technology for a while. And he has been looking online. And he wanted to negotiate about pricing and whatnot. And so um, when I got his quote together, I've had just that one patient be like, well, what is this charge? And what is this charge? And what is this charge? And he was like, can I not pay that? And I said, absolutely, you cannot pay that. You can go online and order your hearing aids. <laughs> I was like, that is how you not pay that fee. Yeah. Or, you know what, I can order your hearing aids for you and you can pay me for the hearing aids and I will hand them to you in a box. Yeah. 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 So which one do you want to go with? I want to. I I was like, that is how you not pay those fees. Um, But I said, you know, we've been working together a long time. Don't you trust that this is what it takes for us? I mean, you've not to throw the previous owner under the bus, but you were incorrectly fit before. And we've talked about that. And I've worked with you and I've shown you honoring your warranty and your free services that um, we we are on a better path and we are understanding each other a lot better than your previous experience. And so, yes, I am going to be charging you for my services moving forward. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I love it. And those who don't want to pay, let them go. Let them yeah. go. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to have an extra cup of coffee if you're not going to pay me. I'll take that 15 minutes <laughs> myself. <laughs> On your marketing piece, because that's that's a question I continue to have, um, is what are you marketing? I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I sent out a I sent out a specific manufacturer branded technology letter. It killed me to the core to do it. And I fought tooth and nail with them about that stupid $500 trade-in crap that they want to do and the free this and the free that. So I finally um, did not have the manufacturer do the mailer. And I did a very similar letter. And I said, in the letter, um, I think I offered rechargeability at um, included rechargeability if desired. And then I said, um, oh gosh, that's a good question. I think I said something in there about um, if your functional needs assessment, um, it was worded in a way that a remote mic would be included or a TV streamer would be included with the purchase. Gotcha. that way I'm not giving away my services for free. <clears throat> I'm not discounting the hearing aids themselves, but I literally had like 15,000 TV streamers sitting in the back room and people love those things, but they don't want to pay the whatever it costs. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So I said something about um, remote microphones at no additional charge or included with your purchase um, to help with signal to noise ratio, 
kind of spun it a little educationally. And then I said, or your choice of a, an accessory such as a TV, TV stream or a remote. Yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. No one's taken advantage of that. No, not, no, not no. one person, not one person. I did my very first piece where I didn't offer anything free. I'd gotten, you know, the, the manufacturer letter or whatever, and it actually was <laughs> product specific. It was? It's not. It's not. Yeah. I mean, if you read some of the verbiage, you could tell if you're an audiologist who it is. Yeah. Um, but there, there was no product mention, and it's and, and I made him get rid of all the free. Yeah. Um, I just promised to <laughs> make sure I ordered their aids, right? Um, actually, no, I say that, but I, I, I paid for the damn things. I think that's why I probably had so much leeway in it. Um, but yeah, yeah. so like every person that's called off of it, they're they're paying my my they're paying for their testing, they're paying for the consultation, they're paying yeah. for everything. So. Yeah, I think that people expect to pay you. Yeah, they don't. Ex there are people that expect it to be free, but most people, even when they're under service warranty, ask what the what they owe for the day. So that was I think that's another thing is we are the ones making things free. Mm -hmm. We're the ones doing it. And I did have a phone call the other day where someone called in and wanted to talk about hearing aids and they're like, I see you have amazing Google reviews and I see you're part of Dr. Cliff's network. And so Erica, we just talked about this. I have a really hard time with my um functional needs assessment and charging for a hearing aid recommendation. I really struggle with that. Um, and I had three people in one day decline to schedule an appointment in my office because I told them there would be a 75. So not a very expensive um, consult fee that um, included a hearing aid recommendation, a treatment plan, and um, additional testing that I think is necessary due to um, for hearing aids, such as Quixin, um, MCLs, and UCLs. That's all I was thinking of. And I had three people not schedule. And so I had a panic attack about it. And I'm like, you know what? What the heck? And so I called one of them back. And I was like, I'm just going to see what they say. I called one back and I said, you know, I was really thinking about it. I, I could tell you really wanted to come into my office and I really want to work with you too. So how about this? How about um, you pay that fee? <laughs> and if you purchase hearing aids, I will credit you on the back end that $75. And the lady just flat out said, well, I can go into Belltown and I can go into Miracle Ear and I can go into Costco and they'll test my hearing for free. And they'll do this for free. And they will do this for free. And I just said to her, and I said, I have a doctorate. I have a medical office. I am not a retail location. And I promise you that whatever you're going to get here in the office is going to far surpass anything you're going to get at any of those other offices. But if you want free, then you're right. That is a better fit for you. I said they're hearing aid pricing, not Costco, but Beltone and Miracle Ear. You're going to pay out the wazoo to buy hearing aids through them. So if you're wanting something for free, that's different than you wanting to save money. And so I said, you need to make that decision yourself. And I was like, just call, you know where to find me. Just call me. 
So wow. she's probably never going to call me again, but I really don't care. So <clears throat> no, but I think that's awesome that you called and found that out because then you can really realize the, the motivation behind some people. And, yeah. and that is definitely not the person you want in your office anyway, because that's going to be problem after problem after problem. Correct. And it's not just, oh, I don't want that patient because I don't feel like I'm going to get paid for my time and services. I don't want that patient because she already is on a different page than I am. And so every interaction is going to be me trying to prove that I'm not a crook. And I, I don't have time for that. I'm tired. <laughs> so yeah, move on. That's fine. Okay. So let's talk about this new front office staff person. Um, did that, did she, I'm assuming it's a she, but did she have previous experience in this type of medical model? Oh, I hit the jackpot. So she, Bryn is a, um, her husband is a traveling musician and they are the dealers for one of the in-ear monitors in Nashville. And so what happened is she was at one of the sound check rehearsal studios doing scans for her in-ear monitor company. And she was running into excessive wax in the ear and, you know, musicians were opening up to her and talking about the ringing in their ear. And she's a nurse by trade. She hasn't worked as a nurse for a while. And so she was kind of getting this feeling like, oh, I need to find someone to send these people to. So um, it was a situation where she called me and she was like, hey, I have someone in here with wax. He's in town for like 36 hours. Can you squeeze him in today and take this wax out so I can scan his ear? And I said, absolutely. I will squeeze him in. And so I ended up being on the phone with her for two hours and it, just talking about life and talking about what she does. And she was asking about what I do. And then she's like, do you mind if I come in tomorrow and meet you? And um, she came in and she ended up spending the whole day at my office. And um, we were just chit-chatting and she's looking around and the phones are ringing. There's walk-ins and I'm like, in tears all day. And she just looks at me and she's like, do you need help? And I'm like, I do need help. I do. And so she's like, I would love to work part-time. I think this is great. And so, um, yeah, she's like I said, a nurse. And so when I talk about unbundling, she's like, well, thank God you're starting to charge. It's about time. Like, I can't believe you work for free. And she was just saying like the level of attention to detail and the amount of like warm fuzzies and time you give your patients, like there is no reason you shouldn't be charging for everything you do. And so she was kind of a big motivator too, to really get aggressive about unbundling. But yeah, her coming from the nursing side of things, I mean, she's worked with doctors in the past and she's done dictations and you know, the hearing aid industry is a little different and hearing healthcare in general is very different. But um, she's been a very, very nice bridge for musicians as well. And she does all of her scans in my office now. She has a little setup in there and she has all of her musicians come into my office and do them. That way, if there's any issue, bam, right next door, I'll take their wax out and she can get it done all at once. That's amazing. Yeah, I've really hit the jackpot. So, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about the additional services that you kind of branched out. Do you think you would have done that? If you hadn't gone, <laughs> I would have worked even harder for free. <laughs> no. So, um, no, I, um, I don't think that you could offer tinnitus services bundled as a bundled practice. 
you can offer them as a hybrid practice where you, you know, offer bundled and unbundled, but ultimately like now in my limited experience, I just don't think all tinnitus patients need amplification. Um, so you have to have consult fees in place and you have to have testing fees in place and you have to have everything kind of lined up for that. So no, you can't do it. I am attempting to get into auditory processing. That's my next step. Um, but no, you, you can't, you can't do, I, I'm just thinking about here, just the hearing aids that you can't do any of this bundled. It's, I, I don't know how I stayed in business and I almost didn't stay in business. So no, you have, I, I think unbundling is very challenging transition. Um, but if I could do it all over again, I literally would just start my practice from scratch and start unbundled from day one. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. You cannot offer musician services bundled at all. So very cool. Okay. okay. Any advice that you would give to somebody starting out or transitioning? If you are starting a business, 100% unbundled and then review every 90 days. Because I think as a new business owner, you don't know what your hourly rate is. Right, Erica? Right, you don't. It takes a little bit to get that figured out. Um, (laughs) And I think that also starting out, I would recommend educating yourself in terms of billing and coding Um, because people do want to use their insurance benefit and they have a right to use their insurance benefit. Now, whether or not you accept it is different, but they don't know who to talk to about insurance and billing and coding. And so I definitely think that Kim Cabot's bootcamp is a huge eye opener in terms of what you can and cannot do. Um, and that way you're better educated to have those discussions with your patients. Cause I, I do think that's, one of the more challenging things, Erica, we were just talking about this the other day, those managed care plans that come in and, you know, their initial appointments free. Well, it can't, you technically, it can be free. You're right. Um, but you're not getting best practices and you're not getting, um, you know, kind of the full service here. So um, just being educated on how insurance works and how billing and coding works is huge. Whether, once again, whether or not you accept it, it's still something you need to be knowledgeable about. Um, And then someone who's transitioning, I would just say, God, just be be patient. (laughs) Give yourself some grace. We're, we're human. And um, there's going to be some angry people, but there's also, I think there's going to be just a huge following of very loyal customers who appreciate the transparency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I also wonder how things will change the as time goes on and we get younger and young, you know, the younger patients. So for example, I had a gentleman who was 55, super mm-hmm. young. And when he came in, I'd said, yeah, there's going to be this charge. And he said, he said, he said, I can't remember how, it, how he said it other than his wife is an optometrist. And he said, oh, so the free hearing exam is not really free. And I said, you know, what's interesting with your insurance is I said, it's not free, but what they've done is they have waived your $45 copay. 
Because mm-hmm. oh, Humana yeah. has stopped having us collect that. And I said, so in essence, it's free to you because you're not, you don't have a copay. I'm writing that down. And it's not really, but it's not free. They're still going to pay for it. And he said, that's exactly how it is at my wife's work. She's an optometrist. The exam is free, even though they're still quote billing it, but it's free to the patient. And he said, except for the retract refractory test. He said, you you do have to pay extra for that. Yeah. If you want it. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, this is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So to him, it was not even a question that there was an additional fee. Yeah, I'm just writing all this stuff. (laughs) I'm like, give me these younger people, but I am seeing more and more and more 55 to 65. Um, It's just been crazy lately. I agree. I agree. And then I also, everyone and their brother is moving to Nashville right now. So we're just getting a lot of patients who already have hearing aids and they're young. And, um, you know, my office is in the city, it's not in the suburbs. So, um, that's, you know, where younger people are moving. So I'm in the same boat and it is very interesting. Um, I had a younger musician come in with hearing loss, blue cross blue shield. (laughs) And he took me to school on his insurance benefit. And I was embarrassed, like straight up embarrassed. And, um, it was, it was true. He was right about some of the things that I did not agree with. And so, um, I had to do a lot of research on, okay, what is my fee schedule with Blue Cross Blue Shield? What are they going to pay? What are they not going to pay? When do they need to sign a notice of non-coverage? And if they sign a notice of non-coverage, what am I allowed to even charge them? So, um, yeah, I think, Younger people are a lot more savvy about their insurance. I just honestly think that Medicare is so challenging to understand. And when people get on Medicare, they just think their supplement is going to cover anything Medicare doesn't cover. And so that education is very crucial in the the industry right now. And it's always changing because I feel like that used to be the case and it's just not anymore. Yeah. I was thinking about adding that to my website and just be like, if you have Medicare, click here. This is what you're going to experience in my office. And if in the past you haven't experienced that, it's because they're not accepting insurance or they're doing it free for everyone. And so in this office, because I, you know, just kind of explaining Mm it, I'm trying to think there was a, there was a, a elderly lady that came in the other day when I explained Medicare to her, she was just like, that makes perfect sense. No one has been able to say that to me, but that's a crock of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, you said it. So yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Oh gosh. Yeah. I it's am just so a game. Yeah. <laughs> so really you've been in business for three years, but it's really just been the last year that you feel like you kind of got control and you got the revenue stream coming. Things are coming together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there'll be a shakeup soon and I'll be like, Oh, what was, why was I doing that? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. These are great. I love these podcasts. You do such a great job with them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, okay, everybody, you obviously know to get a hold of us on the private Facebook group. If you want to do that, if you guys know Dr. Grom, definitely hit her up. 
uh, especially if you're in Nashville, because <laughs> I feel like I need to get there. I'll show you guys the town. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right. Thank you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.